You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey girls, let's get into our second Celibacy Talk series episode. I'm so excited. Welcome back to my podcast, Victoria's Thoughts. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for just always supporting me on my podcast and in general. And with that said, before you even listen to this podcast, go right now, right now, and go watch my most recent YouTube video. I'm going to be uploading video diaries every month for the rest of forever. So go watch this video diary. I'm super excited and comment on it. Subscribe to my channel. The link is going to be the first one in the description right here. It's the cutest, most sweet, gentle video where you get an inside look on my relationship and how I spend my day to day. So go enjoy my YouTube video. It's so cute. And I also have a YouTube video about my two years of celibacy. So if you're new here. I was celibate for two years and my life completely changed. So I have a video on my two years of celibacy in my description right underneath my other most recent video. So go watch those. And and yeah, and with that said, let's just get into our episode. So this is our new series called Celibacy Talks and I really loved last episode and what we were talking about and there were so many questions. Well, basically I got all these questions from my Instagram. I just posted on my Instagram and said, ask me questions. I got like hundreds of questions you guys wanted to know. So I'm just breaking it down and making different celibacy talk um, podcasts. So I'm super excited about that. And just a little update on my life. I'm still here in Portugal. I think we're going to be moving to a different location soon, going somewhere else. We're really in that traveling vibe right now. I really want to go to Turkey, but not right now, but just sometime in the summer. I feel like it would be so fun. And something else that has been alive for me lately is I have been seeing this massage therapist but she's deeply spiritual and does a lot of energetic work during the massages and I definitely like massages like I've gotten quite a few throughout my life but her massages are just life-changing and I'm doing cupping as well and it is really just life-changing and I had a session yesterday and I feel just so much more free and so much more aligned and my back feels like I have so much more mobility and just everything feels so much better. So that's been really wonderful and I really, really recommend. I have an episode on my podcast about what I spend my money, my money on. Um, so I really recommend if you can, if you have the financial means to find some way to do some sort of healing, to outsource some sort of healing work. So whether that be therapy, a coach, a spiritual counselor, um, you know, a massage therapist, a facial, just some sort of 
thing that you can outsource every month that can make you feel really good and nourished. And for me, I have a, you know, a coach, I'm in a women's group, I have a therapist, I have a spiritual counselor, I have, you know, now this massage therapist, I have a fertility doula that I just started working with to help me manage my fertility and come up with a really good plan that makes me feel really secure and confident. And I also have another video about how I manage my fertility without any birth control and while also having sex frequently with my partner. So, you know, I have a video about that or actually a podcast episode. So I'll link that as well. But I really just wanted to kind of get into this episode and talk about some celibacy topics that have been coming up. And I wanted to just start out with the difference between craving your sexuality and then craving sex with another person. And you know, a lot of people were asking me, they were asking me about, am I wrong that I'm craving sex? And then on the other hand, am I wrong that I'm not craving sex while I'm celibate? And the truth is that just because you're craving sex with someone else, or, you know, you want, you're horny, really, your sexual energy is like present. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And I would implore you and invite you to really explore your sexuality while you are celibate. I talked about this in my last podcast episode, so I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I also want to talk about if you are not craving sex when you're celibate and kind of just not really interested in sex anymore. And there are some times where that can be healing, where you can just allow yourself to just be without your sexuality, but your sexuality is a really big part of your being, especially as a woman, especially as a feminine dominant person, your sexuality is so important. And what happens a lot of times is that our sexual energy gets really, really stuck and stagnant in our reproductive area because we've never actually experienced safe sexuality and we don't know how to work with our own sexual energy. And so I would say that if you are celibate and you're just like, I'm totally disinterested in anything that has to do with sexuality, to really start getting to know your own sexuality, even further than if it's just, you know, you don't have, for example, you don't have to crave sex to be sexual with yourself. You can set up that situation. For example, you're totally not horny at all, but one night you just decide, hey, I'm going to, you know, self-pleasure tonight, or I'm going to breathe into my womb and breathe into my sexual energy. And so you don't need to be horny to start invoking your sexual energy. You can just meet yourself and choose to invoke it and to invite it to start coming out of stagnancy and and dormancy. And so I would really, really recommend your sexual energy being played with and cultivated while you are celibate. And if you're not feeling that sexual, maybe you need a period of just not really going into it. Maybe you've just had a trauma. For example, after a breakup, 
most people are not super feeling super sexual, at least a lot of women. Maybe they are kind of avoiding themselves and they might be hypersexual, but most women, if they kind of tune into their bodies after a breakup, they're just not really feeling that sexual energy and they're just not really feeling like they want to bring that into their reality. At that time, they just kind of want to grieve and mourn or maybe after a death or something like that. If there's some sort of death period or actual physical death that has occurred, you might not be interested in your sexuality at that moment. And that's totally fine. But if you feel like you've been celibate for a while and there's no real reason that you're not really invoking your sexuality other than just feeling disinterested, I would really invite you to start intentionally invoking your sexuality and really learning what your sexuality means to you and what that energy can feel like in a really, really embodied way. I mean, I would start with just like breathing into your sexual center or self-pleasuring in a really loving way. Um, just really like basic practices like that to really bring that alive or just breathing, doing a microcosmic orbit could feel really, really good. And you can look that up if you don't know what that is. And there's a lot of books that can be really helpful. There's a book I kind of, I don't even know if I, I read it quite a while ago, but it's called Healing I think it's called Healing Sex Through the Tao or Healing Love Through the Tao or something. Um, That's a really great book. Yoni Massage by Michaela Rydell is a really, really great book. And I think there's a book called Womb Awakening by Saren Bertrand. And that's a really, really great book. And there's just a lot of really amazing books, Shakti Awakening, that you can kind of look into to start bringing your sexual energy alive. And I think that can be really helpful. So that's my opinion on if you're feeling kind of shut down or totally disinterested in your sexuality. Another thing is that when you are maybe feeling you're celibate, but you're totally disinterested in sexuality or yourself, you can start meeting yourself in a really sensual way. So you can start just putting lotion on in a really sensual way or touching your nipples in a sensual way or really just caressing yourself. And even as simple as when you're brushing your teeth in the morning, like really breathing into it and bringing that erotic energy into your life in different aspects other than just sexuality because your erotic energy isn't solely for the purpose of pleasure sexually within your vagina and yoni. It's also the erotic energy that is alive within you that brings more life force into your day-to-day, which is why it's so important to kind of be in tune with it. And if you are not, there's also reasons that there could be blockages beyond just you know, death cycles or a physical death or a breakup. And there could be trauma that is kind of stored and blocked there that's preventing you from feeling into your sexuality. So maybe before you even try to go into your sexual energy, you can just start doing these trauma-informed practices. And I have a podcast on how to heal your womb after sexual trauma. So I will link that. But um, but yeah, so I think that can be really, really helpful is just really connecting with your sexuality outside of solely the vagina or the way that you connect with your sexuality physically on your body or also doing trauma informed work with your reproductive area that can really, really make a difference. So I feel like that can also be a blockage. And I know for myself, When I was celibate for two years, in the very beginning of it, I didn't have a deep connection with my sexuality. I didn't even really know what my sexuality meant to me or 
I didn't understand how to engage with myself sexually outside of the male gaze and outside of performance. And in a way that was deeply nourishing and connecting, I just didn't have the tools. I didn't have that relationship with myself. And so in the beginning, I also had a ton of sexual trauma. And so in the beginning, I really just did nothing. I didn't really engage with my sexuality at all. I did other work. And then I started doing trauma-informed sexual work where I was doing yoni mapping and different sexual trauma uh, resensitizing uh, work, uh, little exercises. And then after that, I started really connecting with my sexuality. I also did sexual releases where I was you know, loving different areas of my reproductive system and doing a lot of energetic work with my sexuality and with my uh, reproductive system because I had a lot of blockages and a lot of shame and a lot of pain. And I really needed to move that energy around. So I worked with a, a woman who did this kind of like yoni healing work and I did a lot of energetic freeing up, you know, space in my, in my reproductive system. So that was really helpful. So that's what I would say, but definitely if you are celibate and feeling like I'm totally not interested in my sexuality, think about that and maybe make some changes as far as the way that you're maybe doing trauma informed work or the way that you're, or totally you could just sit in that, that space that you're in. And that could be what you need. That could be the medicine that you need. But a lot of times I do feel that women in this day and age are very, very shut down from their sexuality, even though there's this culture of being hypersexual. I don't actually think that women are connected to their sexuality. I think that's just a way to avoid their sexuality and avoid their feelings and their safety and their heart. And so it's a way to actually avoid your true nourishing sexuality is to be sexual in a way that is disconnected and maybe not nourishing and I think in this day and age a lot of women are very disconnected from their sexuality even the woman who is a porn star or is you know having casual sex all the time she could still be totally disconnected from her sexuality although she is still engaging sexually with others on the surface right even though deep down it doesn't feel fulfilling it's kind of eating away at her, it doesn't feel truly nourishing, she feels unsafe, it feels re-traumatizing, all of these kind of things. So I really think that your sexuality is such a space where we need deep healing and we need to kind of bring it alive and bring it back online. So that would be my advice if someone is celibate but not fully feeling their sexual energy because I really do feel that your sexual energy and cultivating a real deep relationship with your sexual energy is one of the gifts of being celibate. So that's what I would say to that question. And I want to talk about dating apps, which is the next question. So <laughs> this is the thing. This is my opinion on dating apps. And people always ask me about this. I was never a dating apps girl. I was not interested in dating apps. I found them very tiring I would get really tired out and that was just not my space I wasn't really that interested in it but my opinion on dating apps is that they're really the same as the rest of the world if you are going to come to men whether that's on dating apps whether that's to the man that comes up and says hello to you at the bowling alley regardless of where it is if you're going to come to that man without vetting him putting him on a pedestal you know um 
whatever it is, if you're going to, you're going to come and bring yourself, you are going to bring you to every situation with a man that you come across. So whether that's on a dating app or whether that's in real life, you are going to bring yourself and your wounds and your patterns and your habits, or, you know, your embodied patterns and your embodied habits and your sense of self-worth, whatever it is, you're bringing yourself to the situation. So I really feel that it's not the dating app that is the problem. I know women that have had success on dating apps and have found their husband. And I also know women that have been on dating apps and have had terrible experiences. And I think that's because women don't vet men. And so whether that's on a dating app or whether that's in person, vetting a man is going to be the most important parts. So if you're on a dating app and you absolutely are not available for low quality, non-nourishing relationships, regardless of if he brings that to you or not, or if 20 out of, you know, out of 21 men bring that to you, you're not going to be available for it. So you're going to find that one man who matches up with your values. You're going to make your dating profile clear of what you're looking for. A lot of women don't make themselves, whether that's in person or whether that's online, they're not clear about what they're looking for because subconsciously they're afraid of abandonment. So if I put on my profile, I'm looking for a long-term serious relationship. I don't know if people put that on their profiles, but if they are clear, even in a relationship when, or even in a dynamic where he's talking to you. So let's say on the dating app, if he reaches out or something, if that woman is, is going to be you know, um, afraid of him abandoning her, then she's not going to set those standards, say what she's looking for, be honest, be clear. She's going to be putting him as the prize and thinking that she needs to perform and hide her real truth and desires because they're too much and she's not going to get them met or he's going to leave her. And so if a woman is coming like that in general, she's going to come like that in general. And I don't think it's different on a dating app or in real life. And so for me... I was never into dating apps because I just wasn't, but I also wasn't into meeting guys in person. I thought that my man would DM me on Instagram and I was like firm about that. Like I thought I definitely knew I was going to connect with my lifelong partner online and I was correct. And my lifelong partner and I connected online and that's what I kind of felt like that was my intuitive pull. And I would say to really follow what you feel is your intuitive pull. Like if you feel drawn to dating apps, maybe you're supposed to be on dating apps, but you just have to learn how to vet men, which I'm going to be making a masterclass for on my website. But you have to learn how to vet men and you have to show up empowered and embodied on dating apps. And maybe don't use Tinder or, you know, a dating app that is, really just about hookups. I know there's other ones. I had a friend years ago and she used to use the league. I think it's what it's called. And she met some really great guys that were looking for long-term relationships. And so I would say to definitely just alter yourself and how you come to dating. And that's going to alter the results that you get. If you're absolutely not available for low quality situations, you're absolutely not going to receive low quality situations because if one occurs, you're going to leave immediately. And that's just the truth. So I don't have a problem with dating apps. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. I think there's a problem with the way that we're using them. And, and that to me is, you know, how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The problem, I think there's a problem with the way that we're relating to men and that the way that men are relating to women. I think there's a problem with the way that women don't know how to vet, women don't know how to date properly. I have a problem with all of that, but I don't have a problem of just a platform where you could meet someone. I don't think that's wrong. Um, so for me, that's my perspective on it. And that's the same thing for me with, you know, Instagram, people will kind of make jokes. Oh my God, I don't want a guy to just slide in my DMS. For me, I had no problem with that. I was going to vet him regardless. So I didn't go out. I, you know, always was staying home and in bed by nine o'clock. So regardless of, you know, if he slid in my DMs or if he met me in person, I was going to come with the same energy. And I just felt like I wasn't going to meet someone in person. I just didn't think I was like I was always in bed really early. I didn't go out. I wasn't friendly to men that I would see like in person because it would make me feel really infringed upon if a man would just come up to me in person. So I wasn't really available for that. I was more available for an online connection that started off first online because for me in person, it would feel really violating for a man to just come up to me and say to me just like, hey, how are you doing? I want to take you on a date. I just wasn't available for that. And I didn't feel called to that way of relating. And I like my alone time. I like my space. And so for me, when I would be out in public, if a man would try to hit on me or something, I would find that to be offensive. So I know a lot of women that they want that situation. They want a man to meet them in person. But for me, I didn't want that. And I also wasn't drawn to dating apps. So I thought, okay, I'm probably going to meet my person on social media. Like they're going to slide in my DMs or I'm going to find them online or something like that. And that's just what I was called to. Because for me as well, I wanted to be able to see who that guy was even before answering his DM or saying I would go out with him or something. And so for me, being able to meet someone through social media and meet my partner eventually through social media was I was able to really see like, what is this person about? Am I interested in this person and what they're bringing to their online platform and what they're saying and what their opinions are? And I could really like scope them out prior. And so for me, that's what I wanted. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with dating apps. I don't think there's anything wrong with connecting online. I prefer, I preferred that. And especially when I went celibate, I was no longer in spaces where men were like, I wasn't going to parties. I wasn't going out. I wasn't going to clubs. I wasn't hanging out around guys. So I was like, once I'm ready to date, I'm not really into that vibe. So I really think that dating apps are fine. I never use them, but approved by me. Now, someone else asked, how do I feel about celibacy while in a relationship? 
And I definitely think that this can be helpful if a woman feels or a man feels or whoever feels like they need to kind of learn themselves a little bit more or they're feeling unfulfilled in their relationship or whatever is coming up for those people while they are in a relationship and want to be celibate, I absolutely think it's possible. I also think that, let's say, if you're going through a rough patch or something's happening and you're just not interested in sex with your partner and you want to cultivate other aspects of your relationship, I think that's totally valid as well. I do think that sex is a part of a relationship, but I don't think it's the majority. I think it's like one-tenth of a relationship. You know, one-tenth is eroticism. The other part is, you know, emotional intimacy and I don't know, just all these other different parts of the relationship. For me, sex is definitely a part of my relationship, but so is, you know, just us. The majority of the time that we spend together, of course, we're not having sex the majority of the time that we're relating to one another. So the majority of the time is us laughing and us going to cafes together and us going to beaches and us having difficult conversations and us going on trips and us, you know, doing all this, these things. And so I don't think that sex is the main part of a relationship. And I do think that sex is overstated in its importance in a relationship I think now in our culture women feel they're afraid that if they don't have they come to like this they come to sex from a fear-based mindset because sex is such a central part of their relationship because they date men with no sexual discipline and so sex becomes everything to the relationship especially if you're in a toxic relationship it feels like the only thing kind of connecting you guys is sex and so I think that in healthy relationships there sex is definitely a component but it doesn't have to be or it likely isn't the main component And the other, the main component is your deep connection and your emotional intimacy together and your spiritual connection and your intimacy in those kind of spaces. And sex is just another extension of your already existing intimacy. And so if you would like to be celibate while in a relationship, I think this is wonderful. I don't think there's anything wrong with that for whatever your reasons are. I think you could totally create a wonderful relationship. Let's say you want to go celibate for two months or three months while in the relationship. I have had clients where they go celibate even though they're in a relationship, they go celibate throughout our program. So they will be celibate in their relationships and be in the program growing and learning and connecting to themselves. And I also think that sometimes celibacy can be a way to avoid connecting intimately with your partner. I think that both can exist. Sometimes it's a way to heal and connect deeper with your partner and then sometimes it can be a way to avoid intimacy because you don't really know how to create healthy sexuality together and I think that in that case learning with a coach or a professional how to have nourishing sexuality together as a union would be really really important not so much just ignoring your sexuality and and no longer being sexual together because I do feel that being sexual is a big part. Um, But yeah, and I also think that a lot of people wait until they're married to have sex. And I think that's totally valid and wonderful. I think Sierra and Russell Wilson did that. And I think that's wonderful too. I always 
uh, you know, teach that the best is to, my opinion is to wait until you are in a relationship to have sex. But if you really, what that means is to wait until your heart feels safe. So if your heart feels safe and, you know, you are not married yet, or if you don't, your heart won't feel safe until you're married. And so based on the specific person, what their heart needs to feel safe is going to be different. So for me, what my heart needs to feel safe is commitment. I needed a relationship, the title of being the girlfriend to feel safe, to open up sexually. And for other people, what their heart needs to feel safe might be marriage or for other people maybe people that aren't looking for a monogamous relationship or a you know I don't know a a, you know more of a monogamous relationship heterosexual relationship for them maybe what their heart needs to feel safe is a communicative and safe and respectful partner and so it really just depends what your heart needs in order to feel safe and I wouldn't base that on anybody else besides yourself. So don't ever, you know, think, oh my gosh, well, she needs this to feel safe. So I, I'm, or I, I'm wrong for needing this to feel safe because that girl only needs, you know, that to feel safe. So for example, Victoria only needs to be in a relationship to feel safe to have sex, but I need, what my heart's telling me is I need to be married to feel safe. Own that, like own whatever your heart is telling you that it needs in order to feel safe to be intimate. And, you know, on the other hand, you could say, you know, oh my gosh, well, Victoria says that to be in a relationship is the best way to go about being intimate. But for me, my heart really needs this other aspect um, and that's not a relationship. Maybe I'm not looking for a relationship. There's such a myriad of different experiences, but I would just say to own what yours is. And I feel like a lot of times women especially women who are looking for a monogamous relationship, try to be the cool girl. They try to downplay what they really need. Own what you need in order to feel safe. Communicate it, state it, own it, hold it, right? Like really stick with it. And I think that's super important. So so yeah, so I totally think celibacy while in a relationship can work. Would I say that long-term celibacy could work? I mean, it depends on your values, what you guys are looking for. Um, maybe, I don't know, it, but it could, it absolutely could. And I've had women be celibate for quite a few months while they were in a relationship and their intimacy afterwards was only deeper because it was authentic and real. So the last thing that I want to talk about today is when I knew that I was ready to break my celibacy. And that kind of goes off what we were saying, but I think that what I, the route I would like to take is when I knew I was ready to date. And so for me, I was ready to end my celibacy about a year and a half into it. I started realizing, okay, I really actually want a partner now. Like I'm ready for a partner. I've done the deep work and I'm ready to be in a relationship. And then you kind of open your heart and if you pair your inner work and your wound work and your inner child healing and your nervous system re-regulation and your therapy work, if you pair all that with knowing the art of how to date and how to vet, then you're really in a good spot. And so when I was ready to date, I was talking to my therapist about it and I had done a lot of inner work and I knew that my next step was going to be with a partner. 
And it wasn't until like eight or so months later that I ended up connecting with my partner, uh, Jeremiah. And so I think that it's all about your own intuition and your own honesty with yourself. I've had clients who have gone through my program and after three months, they're like, I'm ready to date and I see it on them. They're ready to date and I see it within, you know, the way that they're engaging with themselves and others and they've done the inner work and they're ready to date. And that was only three months. And I've had other clients who they go through the program. They're like, all right, I need to be celibate for the next two years or the next year. And that's what they need. That's what I needed when I did my celibacy. I needed two years or a year and a half, but I ended up um, being, you know, getting in a relationship at two years, but I was ready at a year and a half. Uh, so I think that it's really important to really just check in with your own intuition. And it's really about the trust that you've developed with yourself while celibate, which is a huge part of my coaching program that I do. But the trust that you've developed with yourself while you've gone celibate is going to be the game changer that's going to help your intuition, help you trust your own intuition that tells you, I'm ready to date now. Like there's going to be a lot of trials and tribulations while I'm learning and fumbling and trying and standing up and falling, learning how to date, right? Because it's a whole different ball game when you're dating in an empowered way. But I'm ready to do that and I'm ready to start that process and hopefully find my partner or whatever you're looking for. And so for me, I knew I was ready to be celibate or actually I was ready to end being celibate when I felt I had done all that I could on my own. I felt like I had re-regulated my nervous system. I had done the healing work. I had left the old version of me behind and I was ready and I had become fully secure in my solitude, which is one of the most important parts. Feeling so built up and so fulfilled in my solitude. I felt so just fulfilled in my own presence and joyful in my own self and in the life I had created my for myself and from that space I realized okay I'm ready to date I filled myself up I'm ready to date in an empowered way in an embodied way and I feel I've done all the work I can on my own and now I need to go further and I can only go further with a partner and you know sometimes you can only go further with a coach you get to this plateau point where you're like all right I've done what I can do on my own now I need a coach or now I need a mentor or now I need a partner whatever that next step is for you when you're ready to take it you'll know and so for me yeah I was ready about a month or a year and a half in and I ended up being with my partner a little bit over two years of my celibacy journey and yeah so that was my journey and how I knew when I was ready to break my celibacy and I would also say that your celibacy has to be intentional so just going celibate for two years and not doing anything within that container is not going to give you the results you're looking for. But when you go celibate and you radically commit to yourself and your goals and the life that you want to live and you start doing that inner healing work and you start leaving that old life behind and cutting off those old ties and really filling yourself up and reading those books and doing that inner healing work and doing that coaching program and investing in yourself and filling yourself up and taking yourself on dates and learning how to be fulfilled in your own solitude and joyous in your own presence and happy as a single individual woman. When you do that, then things will change. (laughs) 
But if you just go celibate and you just don't have sex for two years but stay exactly the same, nothing really will change. So you do have to be very intentional about your celibacy. And the way that I think about celibacy is that it's this container. It's this beautiful masculine container and structure in which you can bring your feminine essence alive and it's that container and structure that keeps you safe in which you can really get to work you can really start doing this inner healing work you can really bring out that inner feminine you can really fulfill your own self but the celibacy is the container so if you just have the container and nothing changes within the container you're just going to have an empty container still by the end but if you fill that container up well, then you'll be fulfilled. <laughs> so I think that, you know, understanding that celibacy has to be extremely intentional is very important. Also, I have so many other questions that I'm going to go over in our other series. But someone asked me what the healthiest lube is. It's coconut oil. Don't ever use anything else on your yoni besides coconut oil. Coconut oil today, coconut oil tomorrow. What was I just quoting? Oh, my gosh. The Hunger Games, my favorite movie. Penem today. Penem tomorrow, Penem forever. I think that's, I think that's what it is. But I do love the Hunger Games. Um, but yeah, so coconut oil is the best lube, and always use coconut oil with yourself and with another person because it's also antibacterial and it's also really healing to your yoni. So as other lubes that are man-made and really kind of manufactured and have chemicals, even if they say chemical-free, they are still man-made and don't have really healing components, although they might be not harmful, which for me, I would always get yeast infections with those. But even if they're not harmful, they're not healing. And so you want that healing lube, which is coconut oil. So just get raw coconut oil. That's what I recommend. And obviously, make sure you're not allergic or consult with your doctor or whatever but coconut oil is what I suggest and with that I'm going to close out this episode I'm so grateful that you guys were here today and you listened to my episode thank you so much I love you guys so much and thank you for listening and I will talk to you guys soon every Saturday at 12 I drop an episode girls go watch my YouTube video right now and go subscribe to my YouTube channel if everyone that subscribed to my or if everyone that listened to this podcast episode subscribed to my YouTube channel my heart would be very happy and I would have a lot more subscribers. <laughs> so subscribe to me on YouTube, follow my YouTube, or I guess it's subscribe to my YouTube, not follow it. See, I'm new to this. I'm very new to YouTube, but I'm really committed to YouTube. I'm going to start doing YouTube videos once a month. And then as you get used to it, once a week is my goal or once every other week, but I'm definitely doing my video diaries once a month. So follow me on YouTube. That's going to be my 2023 thing is really committing to YouTube. So I love you guys so much and I will talk to you soon. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.